You're listening to Mikey Pod. Hello. Two weeks in a row, y'all. I mean, come on. This is episode 158. Today's guest is Micah Serbo, and we're going to start out the show with a track from him. This is called Fairy Tale Love from his debut album, The Search. Fairy.
from his debut album, The Search. That was Micah Serbo um, with Fairytale Love. He'll be joining us in a little bit. I've got some music to play for you first. Um, I'm feeling the love for podcasting again today, which is kind of making me glad. I made a new Facebook page. Uh, so you can go over there, Facebook. I think it's, oh, it's Mikey Pod Podcast is the, the name of it. Uh, so go join that. I guess I'll be posting, <laughs> I guess I'll be posting stuff there or whatever. I mean, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, send me emails. I love to hear from people and I rarely do. Uh, it makes it feel less like I am podcasting into oblivion. And there are quite a few of you still downloading the show. So let me know what you think, what you want to hear, all that stuff. It'd be great. Uh, if you have artists you'd like to hear me talk to who I could get an interview with, <laughs> let me know. Uh, I may branch out and do some of the uh, activisty stuff like I used to do as well, uh, but that remains to be seen. For right now, I am trying to get on a roll here with putting the podcast up. So would you like to hear some more songs? Okay. Uh, next week, we're going to have Walker Lukens joining me on the show, and uh, I'm going to start the next set with his track, Year of the Dog, from his EP of the same name. Also in this track, you'll hear, uh, sorry, in this set, you'll hear First Aid Kit, Katie Mullins, and uh, then we'll jump into the Micah Serbo interview. <laughs> Dog. Do you 
music was perfect for the road. We fought the way there, but we were happy on our way back home. The scenery was moving. The scenery was moving. The scenery was moving. The frost comes early in the mountains and it turns the trees to reds and yellows and purples and scattered greens. The houses were cookies. The houses were
That was Trilby from Mike Acerbo's album, The Search, just released. And joining us now is Mike Acerbo. Welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. How you doing? <laughs> Good. We're pretending like we didn't do this already a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I'm actually glad that a couple of weeks ago didn't work out because as we discussed afterwards, I felt like the part of the interview that we talked after the interview was better than the actual interview. So Yeah, so we needed a little warm-up yeah, time. That's right. And I needed more time with the album, which I took and is, uh, was well advised. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's all on. It's totally on for the uh, Acerbo, the search interview. And go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we just heard Trilby. Um, and it's so funny asking these questions again. So there, I said that. And now let's, we'll just pretend. Uh, so tell me about it, because uh, it, it's about someone that you used to work with, right? Yeah, um, I knew this girl named Trilby, um, and actually when I had first met her, she had to tell me her name a couple of times, because I, I had never heard that name before, and I thought it was the funniest thing when she was telling me the name, because I kept asking her, what, 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 and finally she kind of yelled it at me, <laughs> and, uh, and then once I got it, I was like, oh, what a great name, and I asked her where she got that name, and, and she said her mom had read it in a book. Um, you know, of course, I've looked it up on the internet, and a 
trophies that are basically just a hat. So it's not really a name. It's not really a person's name, but it somehow at some point became one, I guess, through uh, somebody's writing. And, um, you know, I just thought after I heard that name, I was like, I have to write a song about this. And she was a very compelling, interesting um, person. So, um, you know, I, I basically, the, the song is about her and it is a true story about, you know, the more difficult part of her life. And um, so that was the inspiration for it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, also an epic, not to use an overused word, but an epic video to go with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that description. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, I think in terms of, and I, I mentioned this before, the feeling of, uh, like when when someone that you know sends you some of their work, there's like a lot of times I'm prepared to be like, oh, that's so sweet that you did that little thing. But I was like, oh, Mike made a video. <laughs> this isn't just like something. It's really well done and like a professional video. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I have to thank the director for that. Um, his name is Frank Basha. He did a terrific job. He edited it also. And also all the actors in the video who are all friends of mine. Um, you know, so it just ended up being one of those things where everybody gelled and it was a great idea for the video and, you know, the person who was in charge was super talented. So, you know, you have a good song and you have talented people working on it on a video. It's, it's bound to go well. Yeah. Yeah. So I should throw out the name of your, your, uh, com is where your website is. Yes. And the videos on YouTube, you have a YouTube so much, so many links. I'm gonna put this all on the website Excellent. at com so you can just easily click right from over there. But like, yeah, we'll probably discuss yeah, other I'm links legit. as we proceed. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Yeah, I'm legit. <laughs> Word up! You can't just be having one link around here nowadays. You have like 18 links. I can't even keep up with my passwords anymore. It's insane. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, what? So we, uh, earlier in the show, I played Fairy Tale Love, and um. Luckily, that fairy tale is in the title, and I feel like I can throw this sort of uh, the sense I get from the whole album of it being sort of magical, mystical, fairy tale, childlike, but still dealing with like adult themes. Yeah. Was that something that you, you intentionally set out to do, or did the music just sort of come out that way? Well, it's a combination of both. I really like the way you put that childlike, but dealing with adult themes. I mean, if you know anything about my backstory, um, you know, I had a pretty rough childhood. I lost a lot of people um, in my life. My mom passed away, a good friend of mine died, and my brother died all in a very short period of time. And so um, I was just a kid at the time. You know, this was all happening when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And, um, but those were very adult things that were happening to me. So, um, you know, a lot of this music, a lot of these songs are old. I wrote them when I was in my 20s. I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. <laughs> um, but um, I wrote them when I was in my 20s, and a lot of it was about uh, dealing with all of that stuff that happened to me when I was a kid. And um, I've always been attracted to fantasy. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, really, it was kind of one of the ways I escaped when I was younger, you know, uh, whether it be through books or movies um, or music. You know, I, I loved music that took me away. You know, I was a huge, big fan of Fleetwood Mac. And I loved Stevie Nicks. And, you know, she kind of had that sparkly element to her music and to her whole shtick. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of just love to lose myself in that. 
you know, it's authentic. It definitely is a part of who I am also. And when I envisioned the album, you know, I very much had a concept about, um, you know, wanting to build something around these songs, which are very much about trying to find myself through all of this difficult difficulty that I had traveled through. And, um, and I wanted to kind of wrap that in musically with um, who I am, which is, it's a little left of center, but it's also, you know, I like to write pretty songs and um, I like mystical things. So when I um, pieced everything together, I wanted to create a sound that went with that. And, um, and the cover, believe it or not, the cover of the album, which is beautiful, it was a, it's a painting, an illustration by Darcy May. Um, I've had that, that, that picture um, and it was part of my inspiration, really writing some of these. So um, it definitely all worked together. And um, I even used the cover, I would show it to some of the musicians and I showed it to my engineer um, when I started um, working on the projects just to give them a sense of what I was going for. And, right. you know, musicians are great, they get it. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trained, I can't tell you exactly, you know, how I want you to play something unless I hum a melody to you, which I'll do, but um, sometimes, you know, giving somebody a visual is just as good as giving them musical instruction. So, um, you know, it all works. Yeah. Do you think there that your um, uh, what what I'm, just, I'm trying to say it diplomatically, your lack of training as a musician um, sort of helps you be a better musician? There's I, a concept. I, yeah, yeah. I actually think it does because um, I I don't I don't think about music musically. Like, that's mm-hmm. not how I think about it. When I sit down to write a song, uh, it's really just about emotion and telling the story of the song. So, I mean, a lot of my song structures, I think, are a little odd. And um, the reason for that is because I'm not thinking, oh, I should do that again because I did that in the first verse. Right. Like, that doesn't, um, it kind of doesn't make sense. And because I'm not musically trained, a lot of the time I, I'm not even aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> Which is probably right. a good thing, you know. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'll have verses that are shorter than other verses, and they'll kind of be abridged and a middle section. But then it's like, which is the which is which, you know? Um, and then sometimes a verse will have something slightly different musically than another verse has, but it's still kind of a verse. So um, I don't know. But I it, it ends up making the songs I think uh, interesting. You know, you don't always get them at first. But um, I kind of think they grow on you after a while. You wrote a lot of these songs years ago and then picked them back up. And I also know from reading your biography on your website that you have dealt with some substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, how, are, are, how, if at all, are these two things related? Did, did your sobriety sort of help motivate you to get back to these songs and record them? Yes. Um, you know, I started working on the album this point, God, it's like almost 11 or 12 years ago. And uh, I was kind of a mess. And I didn't finish because at that time I just couldn't finish. You know, that was my personality. I would start something and then i move on to something else. And so um, I ended up just discarding a couple of full band tracks, which included like The Tide, Trilby, and Mother. And then a couple of years later, I went back in and did an acoustic uh, demo, which has the search and the nightlight 
Um, that made perfect sense instead of finishing, you know, the first demo that I was working on. And then um, I kind of realized I was a mess and I needed to get some help, and I did, and I got sober. Um, and through that process, I bumped into uh, my friend. There's a song on the album called Robbie. It's about um, a very good friend of mine who passed away when I was 13. Horrible uh, accident and drowned in the Delaware River. Um, but I bumped into his like entire family randomly uh, one day, and um, at this point I really had put down music. I wasn't working on it anymore, and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Do I want to go back to school? Do I want to? I mean, I was toying around with the idea of, of music, but it wasn't um, it wasn't at the forefront. Um, but anyway, I bumped into his mom and. She, one of the first things she asked me was, um, am I ever going to hear the song that you wrote for Robbie? And then I thought to myself, I didn't even remember telling her that I had written one. Um, so it was kind of a sign um, that I should at least go back and do that. So I did. I went to the studio. I recorded it. And I had so much fun. And I liked the way the track sounded so much that I just thought, well, maybe this is a sign from you know God or my higher power or whatever um, that I need to do this actually pretty clear to me. So this is always my dream. And I decided at that point I need to finish the record and, um, and then take it from there. It's like, you know, you pick a path in life and it's going to lead you to wherever it is that you're supposed to be. So I've just kind of been trusting the process and, um, and here I am. So you have a, a CD release show coming up on April 6th, yeah? Yes, I'm very excited about it. I'm also nervous. Actually, rehearsals later today for it, which, which is cool. But it's going to be at uh, Drum in the East Village, which is on Avenue A. I think it's between uh, 5th and 6th, 9 o'clock. So if this podcast airs before then and anyone's listening, I would love to uh, see you at the show. Yeah, I'll make sure this gets up before then, and I'll sp- spread the word. So we're going to listen to another track from uh, the album, uh, the search. Uh, I guess it's the title track. Yeah. Anything you want to tell us about this song before we uh, give it a listen? Well, this song actually, uh, my friend, one of my very good friends, uh, bought me a piano as a graduation gift. She got it for like a hundred bucks, and it, when she got it, it was like 1960s lime green, and she uh, stripped the entire piano down and restained it and cleaned, took all the keys out and cleaned it. I mean, did this amazing job and brought it. Uh, my house where I was living at the time, and I think this is actually the first song I wrote on that piano, and um, so it's kind of fitting that it ends up being the, the title track, um, but it's also one of the songs that's a little quirky and odd. Um, I think the structure is a little different, which we were talking about earlier in the interview. Yeah. And um, and the initial track was recorded in 2003, the piano, um, which had such uh, a great feeling to it that I decided to Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it was just, there was just such a, uh, it's a very sad song, I think, but um, it just kind of, I think, emanates off the track. So we decided to keep the last thing we, we put on it were the, um, the wind instruments, which kind of made it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's lush and uh, simple. I really like it. The piano, I agree. It sounds nice. It's very, uh, 
delicately balanced in there. I, describing music is tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Search is what we're going to hear next. Yes. And thanks so much for joining me and taking the time to do a second interview. And um, MikeAcerbo.com is where you can be found. Uh, anything else we should throw out? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can always visit my Facebook page if you'd like and fan me on there for all of my uh, updates. And um, I guess that's about it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, so here is the search. And I cannot find 
so high I never felt so high I never felt so high Think I'm coming down I never laugh so loud I never laugh so loud I never laugh so loud Think I'm coming down Nothing gonna stop me now Nothing gonna stop me now Nothing gonna stop me now Please, please don't leave Easy feeling Don't leave me like that No
for that startle less than fright that tells me something else is sensible nearby we shared a snowy rock the dying gull and I only the slow opening and closing of a yellow Signaled more life was left in him to ever wait He faced the sea, gone gray and white the sky His colors Feathers along his back. He made no move to bring one wing slipped from his side like a shot from a shoulder. Snow fell into the sea. From his album, Nameless and Awake, that was Ruben Bouchard and the Mill Workers. That track was called The Gull and I. If you remember, a couple years ago, Ruben was a guest on the show, um, a lovely guest at that. Before that, we had Anais Mitchell um, from the album Young Man in America. That track was called Coming Down, and The Search was right before that by Mike Acerbo. From his album, The Search, thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Um, be sure to stop by MikeyPod.com for show notes, links to everything we talked about, and um, MikeyPod at gmail.com. You can send me emails. I love emails. And uh, that's it for today. There's just one more track to go. Uh, this is from a band called Atlas Down. Uh, one of my former students from years past when I uh, still lived in Texas, Connor Kane, is the lead singer piano player for this band. Uh, there are four of them. I don't have all of their names right here. Sorry about that. Uh, but they are raising money to record this summer. I think something like 21 songs they have that they want to record. Uh, so you can go by, uh, I'll, I'll put a link up at MikeyPod.com. I don't know the URL right off the top of my head. Um, but please go, if you got it, to chip some money their way. And um, enjoy this last track. It's called The End by Atlas Down. Thanks for listening. Be 
yeah, that's for sure. And if you tell me that you're coming. 